Hey kids, this is me, I Super Robots, and we're back with another super exciting, super fun episode of World Famous. This time out, we're going to open up a He-Man figure. We're going to talk about this, we're going to talk about that, hopefully we're here from Tronics. but until we get that jump off jumping, Grandmaster Grandpa, why don't you go ahead and kick that beat? OKIC Robot, let's get this party started right, let's get this party started quickly. This is World's Famous with IC Robot. Hey kids, this is me, IC Robots, and you're listening to KRJF 92.3 FM in Santa Rosa, simulcasting on KWTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. Isn't that, isn't that a crazy thing to say? You're also listening live right here on the World Wide Web at ICRobots.com. Man, what a wacky time, what a weird time to be alive. Can you imagine right now your guy IC Robots is banging off the FM signals, just bouncing off the stratosphere, coming back down, going into people's radios all around the Santa Rosa area. Very, very exciting. If you are by chance listening on the FM band, my name is Icy Robots. This is a show called World Famous. We talk about toys. We talk about movies. We talk about comic books. We talk about all kinds of fun things like that. It's some real, some real nerdy stuff, some real pop culture stuff. It's a good time. I guarantee it. I, uh, I don't really have anything to back that guarantee up except... My personal word, my personal word as a radio disc jockey, as a veteran of the microphone, I want to say you're going to have a good time if you just open up your mind, open up your third eye, look directly into the sun with your third eye, and you will soon know the Icy Robots radio vibe. We've been doing this over on the World Wide Web for, I don't know, man, it's going on close to nine, ten years now. Icy Robots Radio, icrobots.com, that is I-S-E-E Robots, as if... You're looking off in the horizon, you have your hand above your eyebrow like you're saluting and you see some robots coming off in the distance. It's that. You're looking at them, you see some robots. Where they get the name? I don't know. It's a long story, man. I'm sure I'm sure we'll get to that at some point. But right now, I think what's important to know is I'm a Santa Rosa guy. I live in Rincon Valley. I've lived here for, I don't know, 39 years now. I moved from Oaklawn, Illinois when I was in fourth grade. I'm now very old. I've lived in Rincon Valley almost all that time. I love Santa Rosa. I love local things. I love to do things around Santa Rosa. I love Santa Rosa people. We spend a lot of time talking about Santa Rosa things. So be known, this is going to fit your need for local stuff. We're going to move forward right now to the first segment of the show. This is the one where we open up a He-Man action figure. It's going to be fun. You're going to have a good time. Promise. There is only one man who can strike fear in the hearts of the mutants. Only one man with the power to seize control of the tri-solar galaxy. No matter what it takes. Only the most powerful man in the universe. He-Man. This is the Mo2 Minute with the man who sold Caldor the acid that burnt off his face. I see robots. Yeah, man, that's me. I am the dude who sold Caldor that acid that that dork picked up, dropped on his own face, and burnt all of his skin off, leaving him a skull, leaving him a skeletor. A whack fate that I would not want for my worst enemy, but I guess it happened to him, so whatever, dude. What are you going to do? I, I love He-Man. I've a long time... Masters of the Universe Collector. You just heard my dog leave the room right now, and I apologize for that. But she doesn't like it when I do this. She doesn't like it when I, when I make this voice and I talk like this. She prefers the voice that I use with her, the loving, soft dog voice, which uh, I'm not going to do right now. But anyhow, I'm a longtime Masters of the Universe Collector. He-Man, we're going to call it Motu. We're going we're gonna to call it all kinds of stuff like that. As you all know, he-Man was around back in the old days, back in the old days of the 80s. It's still around now. They're still releasing figures. A lot of the figures they're releasing are new versions of the of the exact same figure, like, you know, more modernized, more like technologically more modern versions of the old school figures. And they have a whole nother subset. There's, there's a lot of uh, Motu stuff out there. What we're going to open today is something I found on the clearance rack over at the Target, the Target in Cottingtown. It is a Masters of the Universe new Eternia Beast Man. This is like this is like a pretty deluxe figure, honestly. I think it originally cost $30, $34.99. I got it on the clearance for $8.99, which is how your dude likes to do it. If I can do it and get it on the clearance, 
I'm super happy for that. We're going to open that up in a sec. But first, we're going to go dig into the uh, dig into the computer here, and we're going to find out what there is to know about this interesting character, this monster, this hideous beast known as Beastman. Beastman was Skeletor's closest and most loyal follower in the then quite small band of evil warriors. He was a ferocious man-beast who could summon most of the wild creatures of Eternia to aid in Skeletor's schemes. Beastman was one of the first seven characters to be created for the Masters of the Universe toy line by Mattel in the early 1980s, and one of the first four to be completed and released, the other three being He-Man, Man-at-Arms and Skeletor. When the character was developed by Mattel, the name of Beastman was reused from a figure in Mattel's earlier Flash Gordon toy line. More or less, when you look at Beastman, he's your average, like, savage, like, Sasquatch, like, monster gorilla guy. He is, he's kind of like Skeletor's, uh, he's the guy that Skeletor beats on and picks on. He has a real negative role in the, uh, in the pantheon of Eternian characters, but still, he's a beloved dude. Let's see what it says on the back here. Beastman, shaman of the Seven Savage Tribes. The, he mysteriously disappeared. He searches all corners of the planet for his tribe. Nothing can stop him. In this wave, we got He-Man, Zodak, Skeletor, and Catra. I think that, I think out of all of these, I might have only seen Catra. I don't think that I saw Zodak. I probably would have picked up Zodak if I would have, if I would have seen him. Let's bust into this. First thing we do, we got the Arthur Fonzarelli switchblade right here to cut the tape across the top. Then we're going to dig inside, pull him out. We're gonna pull the plastic tray out. We're gonna set the box, set the box aside. It looks like there are, there's a bunch of rubber bands here connecting Beastman into the package. We're just gonna, we're just gonna go ahead and try to get through these as fast as possible. We have two options, honestly. We can either, we can either just yank him right off the card, and that's one time, very loud noise, or we can kind of dink away at it with the switchblade and cut them out, in which case it honestly, it's not as loud, but it takes longer. I don't know which of these you would prefer, so hit me up on uh, threads, Icy Robots on threads. Let me know what you think about that. We're gonna, we're gonna pull him out. We got him disattached. He's, he's a pretty large figure. His helmet fell off. It did not fall into the garbage can this time, but it did, it did fall behind the garbage can. I think this is a, this is a shout, shout out, out to Esquilino on the tweets. I think that I, I think that I've solved the mystery of the garbage can gun. I think it's a mini-mate gun. I think it might be Maria Hill's pistol. I had I had her right here for a little bit, and I think it could have been that her pistol fell into the garbage can. And because it was so small, it kind of kind of just stuck to some of the gunk at the bottom. That's that's my best guess. Mystery mystery at least kinda solved. Let's um let's put his helmet back on. This is this is a pretty big figure. I think that he is He's as big as Amigo. I'm holding him up next to my Amigo Aquaman right now as we speak. He's as big as Amigo. So he's like, he's like eight inches. He has fur around his collar. He has articulation at the elbows and the shoulders, the knees. His helmet fell off again onto the ground. I didn't really put it on very securely. We're going to stand him right here and we're going to take a look at some of, some of his accessories here. He has a spare pair of hands. He has a whip, his famous whip. That's the weapon that he uses. And then he has... He has a different piece of chest armor that's more in line with the original OG version of uh, Beastman. So what you can do is you can take off the furry, the furry apparatus he has on his shoulders and neck, and you can replace it with this, and he will look a little more like the Beastman that you know and love from the He-Man cartoons. He also has he has a massive club. It's like a spike bat. It's really that night, yo, I was sitting like a spike bat. It's really big. If he's eight inches tall, this is six inches, I would say. Around that, more or less. And hits covered in spikes. Pretty cool weapon. He seems like the kind of dude who would be who would be beating things with a, with a spike bat. Jack, that night, yo, I was sitting like a spike bat. And then you thought I was bugged out. And put the switch. One of the hands. Put the spike bat. Jack, that night, yo, I was sitting like a spike bat. I would have to say, as far as detailing, this figure is pretty great. Quite honestly, let's uh, let's see. How can you take this off? You take this off, you pull it like this, and it comes right off. That's kind of cool. Do we want to do that? Yeah, let's just do that. There's all the time in the world, I guess, all the time in the world for this. But I can't seem to uh, 
We can't seem to get it. Oh, there it goes. Let's let's take that off. That comes off pretty easily, honestly. And then we're going to put this, open this here, and then put this one on. Oh, look at that. He looks so much like the uh, the OG, the OG Beastman. Very, very cool that you get both in the same pack. But again, this was like 35 bucks when it came out, like 34 99 or somewhere thereabouts. So it's like a, it's a very deluxe figure. I think that I prefer the, uh, the hairy version. Honestly, I think that it's a little more, a little more deluxe looking, you know, than the, than the standard version. If you, if you catch, catch my drift, I'm goofing with him right now. And I apologize. Sometimes it's hard to goof around with these and then talk at the same time. But, uh, you know, that's what the job entails, right? You guys are, you guys are listening to this on the radio. Maybe you're listening to this on uh, icrobots.com on the feed, and you just kind of, just kind of vibing with me right now while I play with an action figure and sort of, sort of just do whatever. Let's. Um, I'm gonna put the original gear back on. Oh, look at that! How cool! Goes on, pretty easy peasy. Your guy's kind of a toy boy, so I, a little bit adept at this. So we're gonna put this back on. Oh, look at that! Very cool. This looks very cool. Everything looks very cool. His helmet is neat. I I like it. He also has like a spike things that are on his shoulders and spike things that are on his wrist, like gauntlets. He has all together like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven total pieces. If you count like all of his armor pieces and if you count each one of his hands as like a separate thing, like a pair of hands too. Because they are, because you can kind of... You can kind of mix and match them. You get a few different combos in there. But I'd have to say, I'm pretty pleased with this. Especially because I got it. I got it so cheaply. You always got to check the, uh, always got to check the clearance aisles, my guys. Always, always, always. Sometimes you'll see things that you might not even necessarily want. But when it comes down to like $8, then you definitely do want it. So it's always, always worth checking out. They've, um, they had those Ghost Riders, you know, the, the mini, the Marvel mini ones. I think they're, they're like Marvel mini retros or whatever. They're like three and three quarter inch with uh, five points of articulation. They've made a bunch of superheroes. I think they had that they had that Ghost Rider set over at the Target. It was on clearance, but even on clearance, it was like twenty five bucks. I'm like, this isn't worth it for like a little small a little small dude and a little bitty uh, motorcycle. But it was very cool, and I I do kind of regret it because it was it was on the clearance shelf. I thought about buying it. I seriously considered it. I didn't buy it. And when I came back with a uh, second thoughts, somebody else in fact bought it so that might have been you if it's you out there listening right now on a on a good old fm band let me know and i'll uh i'll make an offer you can't refuse for that but uh i think we're gonna i think we're gonna move forward gonna move forward into the show right now we had a lot of fun with this beast man i was thinking about this i think this might be the third beast man that we've opened on the show i know that i opened the other one the retro one and then another one and then this one triple bm i guess uh up next is something called at the movies where i talk about a movie that i saw that i know in a moment at the movies without ebert siskel or even that dude roper but you got icy robot so that's something right see you guys What's your plan here? Jeff is psychotic. So we teach a bunch of girls how to defend themselves. Adrenaline is flowing. Next thing you know, Isabel and Brittany are kissing us on the mouth. Amazing. What? We are literally at the bottom. We have nowhere to go but up. Bottoms. 2023, playing at the Roxy, downtown Santa Rosa. I saw this movie Bottoms on a Wednesday night in the downtown Santa Rosa at the Roxy. I did not realize that Wednesday night over at the Roxy was like a $4 night, which is which is very cool because the whole place was really bustling, which is which is nice to see, but I, I fully expected to have the experience of going to a Wednesday night movie with the wife and just kind of sitting there in an empty theater and checking out this this brand new Rachel Sinnott movie. Rachel Sinnott, you might know from uh, Sheba Baby. She was in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. She's She's been in any number of things. She was uh, on The Idol, the HBO show that everybody didn't seem to like, which I, I thought was fine. It, was, it wasn't very good, but it was, it was like trashy, like good trash. I did have a good time watching it. It was... Very weird experience, but um, the the theater was bustling, like it was bustling. The showing of bottoms that we went to was, I'm not gonna say it was like full or anything, but there were there were people like all over the place. This is this is a comedy. This is kind of a teen comedy of sorts. So people are talking, people are jabbering, people are yelling, and it's it's fine. You have to kind of accept it for 
accept it for what it is. Let's go on over to the tomatoes. Right now, they have a uh, tomato meter of 93 and the audience score of 89. And I will say, the people who are watching it in the theater with me at the same time were laughing hysterically. People uh, really had a good one with this. Let's, let's take a quick look at the movie info. Bottoms. 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 A refreshingly unique, raunchy comedy focuses on two girls, PJ and Josie, who start a fight club as a way to lose their virginity to cheerleaders. Somehow their bizarre plan works, the fight club gains traction, bottoms. And soon, the most popular girls in the school are beating each other up in the names of self-defense. It, it runs for one hour, 28 minutes. It was written by Rachel Sennett. I think Rachel Sennett is super duper funny. Go look her up if you don't know who she is. S-E-N-N-O-T-T-S-E-N-E-T. The movie, though, it has crude sexual content violence. There is language all over the place. This movie is not the, the faint, faint at, at heart, heart at, at all, all, but I gotta say, I did like it. At first, it was not what I expected. I knew that it was gonna be like a goofy, raunchy kind of comedy. I knew that, but I kind of expected it to be more in the line of like Booksmart with uh, Caitlin Deaver in it, that movie that came out a few years ago, her and uh, Bernie Feldstein's Beanie Feldstein. That one was hilarious and I loved it and I thought that this one you know would be similar but it is not this movie this movie is more in line with like airplane or one of those movies where the people live in like a farcical world where completely farcical things happen and everybody takes them with just like a complete and total straight face it's like that and I did not expect that and it did take me a while to get into the vibe of it but once I once I started vibing on it I had a I had a good time. I did think it was funny. And then by the end, I kind of, I felt like it all came together. So it was Rachel Sennett, Ayo Edabiri, who you might know from The Bear. She's the one who is the, she's like second in charge of the restaurant. She's like the other chef. She's not the bear. She's the other gal. Then uh, Havana Rose Lou and Kaya Gerber, who is, she's Cindy Crawford's daughter. It's, it's weird to see her moving around in person. After seeing somebody in magazines and all these things on like the Instagram celeb stuff. And then to see him like, see him like moving. You're like, whoa, Kaya Gerber is a real person. It's interesting though. It's kind of, it's kind of like Cindy Crawford's reborn. I also, I also saw somewhere that Heidi Klum has a daughter who's a model. It's weird to see like the supermodels of your youth now have daughters who are becoming the supermodels of the present. It's nice to see. Nice to see that passed on. Big shout out to, big shout out to them. But she's in this, and I thought she was pretty good. Kaya Gerber came through. They threw some funny lines at her, and she delivered them. I kind of have the feeling that this is the sort of movie that's kind of, it's kind of improv a lot. And at the end, they have a lot of outtakes to kind of, kind of lead me to think that may be true. And they threw some good lines at Kaya Gerber, and she, she delivered them funnily enough. I can't say that I would completely recommend this movie to everybody because in a lot of ways, it's ultra-violent. The Fight Club is violent. And there's there's this weird storyline going through the whole thing where they're in high school and there's a rival high school. And the rivalry between the two high schools leads to the other one, not the one that our characters go to, the other one capturing a member of their school and killing them every year. They find them. They draw and quarter them. They burn them alive. They do all kinds of stuff. That's one of that's one of the reasons why the Fight Club was put together to defend themselves against the people from this other school. But it's a weird one. It's a weird one for sure. I I would say it's only for those who enjoy the the super outlandish, the craziness. If you like Rachel Sennett, if you like Sheba Baby, if you like that movie Theater Camp, I think that this is one that you might like. Theater Camp just came out a while ago. That played over at uh, Summerfield. I thought that was a lot of fun. That one, that one's on streaming now. If you didn't catch it, but uh, this one was good. I enjoyed it. Had a nice time at the theater. Nice Wednesday out of the house. It's short. It's over before you know it. So, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Swartz Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all-time classic, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna give Bottoms a solid three mics. Why is it world famous and like literally worse than like Charge. Is this like an attempt at irony or something? I don't get it. Charge. This week in Japanese League Baseball. This is Derek for this week in Japanese League Baseball. This week, the ghost pitch continued to play havoc on NPB pitching rotations. 
as a total of 54 men are presently injured or coming off injuries related to the new pitch. So far, only one man, Akososhoshiyomikoa, of the Hansun Carp has been able to throw the pitch without injury. We approached Mr. Yumigawa for an interview, but we were rebuked due to our non-native ancestry. I was not offended because I understand the tradition of ignoring foreign journalists and sometimes insulting them with harmless pranks, like lighting your shoe on fire or hitting you in the back with a fastball. Sure, when he did that to me it hurt a lot and I had to go home for the day but I understand. It's all in good fun. This is Derek for This Week in Japanese League Baseball. That was This Week in Japanese League Baseball. Our hero enters the recording booth with a Diet Dr. Pepper in hand. He puts down the soda and starts to speak. I see Robots presents some random stuff going on. I, I kind of sort of thought that it might be best for this segment to do just like, just like a little catching up with what's going on. Just getting, getting to know you, as it were, getting to know each other. We have, we have some new listeners out there on the, uh, on the FM band in beautiful Bodega Bay. Bodega Bay is great. If you guys aren't, um, like, ultra-familiar with Bodega Bay, it's where it's where they filmed The Birds, the Hitchcock movie The Birds, and it is, like, an amazing place, dude. It's right on the ocean. It's, like, the most, the most beautiful place in the world to me, to live. It's amazing. I love it. We're, we're available there. We're available through, throughout Santa Rosa, mostly on the east side, which I live on, which is, which is nice. Also available on the internet, icyrobots.com. But, uh, check this out. Check this out. This, this past week, the wife got a Facebook message from a name, a name from the past, a name that we have not heard from in a long while. The name is that of Marianne, who was our boss over at the movie theater. Back in the day, your guy, IC Robots, used to work over at United Artists Cinema 6 in downtown Santa Rosa. And the lady who is my wife used to work at a United Artists Cinema 5 in beautiful downtown Santa Rosa, both of, both of which are gone. When I was, when I was there, Marianne was the boss over at a UA5, and Marsha was over at a UA6 as the boss, and now they're getting a hold of us via the Facebook message to let us know that they're having a garage sale at their house, and in this garage sale is a cornucopia of movie posters. Your guy, I See Robots, is a big-time movie poster collector. When I say big-time, I mean that I have, like, more than 10, which seems like, which seems like a lot to me, to have, like, framed movie posters, like, in your garage. And besides that, I have tubes and tubes full of movie posters. I just like them. I think they're great. I have old ones, like Escape from New York and Flash Gordon. I have newer ones, like a Mad Max Fury Road. I have all kinds of them. I recently got up on an Asteroid City movie poster that I'm I'm pretty stoked on. I wanna I wanna just have like this this like collection that I take in and out of the house and kinda mix and match and make the living room like in a constant state of like cool movie posterness. But she called us over because she's like, I got a ton of movie posters I've been saving over the years and we're having a giant garage sale. Now I knew that this was gonna be awesome. I knew that this was in fact gonna be awesome, but I also knew that many moons ago, back in the day when the United Artists Cinema 5 was still open, they did a charity sale of movie posters over at Sonoma State. And I know that at that sale, the majority of, like, the big-ticket movie posters, you know, your Star Wars, your The Shining, your whatever, I know that they went in this sale. I know this. It is known. The wife worked at this sale. She said that she saw original Star Wars folded movie posters going for 25 bucks. This is this is back in the day when these things just weren't as high value as they are now. So I knew I knew that this was the case, but I also thought maybe there are some gems. You never know what somebody has in their secret storage. And she was calling us and I took that I took that to be a good sign that we might be able to get get up on some uh, good things, but this is the tale of what happened, what actually happened. We knew that the sale was at 9 o'clock. It was starting at 9 a.m. over at her house. So we got up like 7.30, had breakfast, got dressed, and then for whatever reason, the the wife uh, starts dilly-dallying around the house. And I'm getting a little tense. I'm getting a little tense because I want to be there before 9. I want to be there when they open. But she was, she was being kind of casual about this, and also, I didn't do enough to express that I think that we should that we should get there early. So she's dilly-dallying around. I'm sitting around. We ended up getting there at like 9.15. And by the time we got there, 
a guy I know as a local picker type. I wouldn't call him an adversary. I wouldn't call him a rival. He's a very nice guy, but he was already there with arm loads of movie posters. He had two giant arm loads of rolled up movie posters. And then I saw he had a box with another arm load. And I was like, oh my gosh, I almost, I almost blew my stack. I'm doing my best to like not let the stack go. I want to keep it, I want to keep it in check. The stack didn't go, but I, and the inside, I was blowing my stack. So we booked on over there. And then, then I saw what homie had. They had little post-it notes on the outside of all the, the roll posters telling you what they were. And I saw that like what he had was not, was not really, like, that cool at all. He had, like, a Crocodile Dundee poster. That's, like, a $10 poster. He had, like... He had a Ghostbusters poster for the uh, the most recent Ghostbuster with the the kid from uh, Stranger Things. He had, he had things like that. Nothing I thought was great. The thing that I saw that he had that was the greatest was a Tarantino uh, Grindhouse poster for when the, the two movies played at once. That's a good one. But again, not a super expensive poster. If you want to go buy that, you could buy it. But uh, we started going through, and I found a few things there that I thought were were pretty good. But then what was interesting is we're, we're talking to Marianne. Marianne was at the sale. She's a really nice lady. I like her a lot. And we're, we're talking to her and it's interesting because back in the day when I was at the theater, our relationship was very acrimonious. I didn't get along with the management at all. I was just that kind of a guy, just that kind of a guy who wasn't going to give you his all at work. I just wasn't going to do it. They didn't like it. They didn't like me. I didn't like them. They wanted to fire me a bunch of times. I was kind of obstinate and I wouldn't, I wouldn't take the hint and quit. And it just, it got really ugly for a while and we were enemies, but you know what? Time heals all wounds and now we're friends. We're friends again. And it was nice to be over there. We talked about the old days of UA5 and UA6. It was it was just really, really cool. Let me um let me tell you the posters that I got. The one that I got that was my favorite was a the movie Alien, but this is the director's cut that came out a little bit later. But still very cool poster. It's like a $75 poster. And then I got the poster for Inventing the Abbots. It's a nice one, movie I like. It has um has Jennifer Connolly. Like, right front and center, good poster. That one was filmed in Petaluma, for those of you that don't know. But I think that you all do know Petaluma is a couple towns over going toward the city. And then we found that thing you do, that uh, Tom Hanks movie about the the O'Neaters, that famous band, the O'Neaters. That's a, that's a really good movie, really good poster. Then we got the poster for Wonder Boys, the Michael Douglas movie with Tobey Maguire. That was, that was a personal favorite of ours back in the day. Back in the day when I was at the video store. Wonder Boy was a very popular favorite around the house. We used to play that one all the time. Good movie. Then we got the poster for About a Boy. Personal favorite of my wife's. She loves that movie, so she's happy to get that. Then I got one. I got The House of Sand and Fog, which is another another Jennifer Connelly poster. This is this is actually kind of an expensive poster. It can go for like a hundred bucks or so because not that the movie's that great or anything, but it is, it's kind of a hard to find one because a lot of these small indies, they don't print up as many posters as like you're going to see for like a Barbie or whatever. And later, later the hard to find. And then we got a poster for a personal favorite of mine. A Jennifer Love You, a classic, a movie known as Heartbreakers. And then my wife got a poster for Bridget Jones's Diary. The cool thing, they were all $5 each. So I got I got quite a bargain there. We're going to frame, first we're going to frame the Aliens poster. I'm going to put that one up in the living room. I got a nice frame in the garage. Right now it has swingers in it. We bought a swingers poster at the, the flea market, but mostly we bought it. We bought it for the frame. We're going to put the Alien in there. That's what you got to do. When you're out and about at the flea market, thrift store circuit or whatever, if you see a cool frame, if you see something like a movie, a movie poster size frame of decent quality, they're always worth getting because you just put your posters in it. Good as gold. Frames are expensive. They're way more expensive than they should be. Even a Walmart movie poster frame is like 25, 30 bucks. They're way too much, especially when you got like hundreds, hundreds of roll posters in the garage. And I want to, I want to frame each and every one of them. I want to get, I want to get that Mad Max poster up on the wall. I got a, I got a Scott Pilgrim poster. I kind of want to get up on the wall, but this, this sale was fun. And then, then she started pulling out boxes of old United Artist t-shirts, like old t-shirts from back in the day. The thing was, they were all size small. They were all size small. So I couldn't, I couldn't get up on one. The, the days of being small passed me up in a uh, sixth grade. I think, but this was, this was pretty fun. And I don't feel like the local picker guy 
got over on me. I think he kind of overspent for a lot of things. Let me tell you this. This is something I overheard. This is just, this is just between you and me. It's just between the two of us. Don't tell anybody. I heard him say to uh, Mary Ann that he appreciated her letting him come early. What I overheard was he called the day before. He called her on the phone the day before. I guess she put her number in the ad in, on Craigslist or whatever. And he called and asked if he could get an early bird peek. And that is, that's whack. She let him come by. I heard him say that he didn't really get anything, so I'm not really sweating it. But he, he told her that he lived in another city and that uh, he needed to he needed to go and look while he was there in Santa Rosa or whatever. But I see this guy all over the place. I see him at the flea market. I see him at the dig. I see him here. I see him there. That to me, that to me is kind of a lowdown scoundrel kind of move, man. We've had garage sales in the past and like all kinds of people will call you on the phone or they'll find your address and come and see if they can look early. It's really, really weird. I would never let anybody do that. Like people, if they know you're going to have a garage sale, people will show up at your house like on Wednesday and ask if they can see the stuff, even though they know the sales on Saturday. That's just, that's just the way those collector people are. I can say that. I can say that because I'm one of them. We're going to we're going to talk a little bit more about the dig. I want to talk about the dig. I've been going there again recently. It's recently reopened. This is this is also known as the bins. The kids nowadays call the dig the bin. So, we're going to learn about the bins in a sec. Before that, we got a we got a paid spot from uh that's a meatball. You're listening to I See Robots Radio on 92.3 KRJF in Santa Rosa. Simulcasting on KUTF 88.1 FM in Bodega Bay. We will be right back after this. Come down to that's a meatball. Home of the big boy. We have meatballs as big as softballs. We have meatballs as small as marbles. Whatever seats you want, we have it. That's a meatball. Home of the big boy. Meatballs are happiness, my friend, and we have meatballs and meatballs and more meatballs. Featuring meatballs that come stuffed with sauce or stuffed with cheese. Whatever you want, we will feel it for you. That's a meatball, home of the big boy. That's a meatball. New locations in Menlo Park and San Bruno, near the old recycling center on Walker Boulevard. We now return to some more IC Robots Radio. That's true, we are still IC Robots Radio and there still is more to go. I've been... I've been going to the dig again, which is wild. The dig's, of course, the as-is Goodwill store over off uh, Santa Rosa Avenue. That place, that place used to be like the Wild West. Like, it used to be absolutely bananas. Crazy people running, people fighting. There was an attempted murder over there at one time. It is, it was a crazy, crazy place. Over the pandemic, of course... They closed down. They closed down completely. And then afterwards, it took a long time before the dig was up and running again. Honestly, it's only recently been up and running again. Over that time off, over that time away, they really they really somehow managed to change the vibe of the whole place. It's now, it is now so completely different than when I used to go before. Like I said, back in the day, it was bananas. It was full of crazy characters, cannibals, lunatics, lunatics all, all sorts sort of, of weirdos. Now... Now the place, it's like, it's, uh, what's that term? It's gentrified. Is that the word? Gentrified. Let's, uh, let's just go on the, uh, internet really quick and we're going to see what the, what the actual definition of gentrified is so we don't improperly use a word. I think that that's important. If you hear a word, you don't know what it means, go look it up. Changing character by wealthier people moving in, improving and attracting new business. Yeah. That definitely seems like what's going on. Whereas before, it was a bunch of scumballs doing scumball stuff, selling things on eBay, doing all that weird stuff. Now it's like, now it's a world of Instagram girls and people like that going and taking pictures of themselves digging through bins. Now, I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all. Because when I'm over there, I don't feel like I have to fight for my life all the time. Now we can go, I can chill, I can sit, it's very quiet, it's very still. It's completely different than I ever imagined the dig would be like. For example, we were over there on a Saturday. It was a Saturday, which is not usually like one of the super busier days, but it is still a busy day. And we were there, and there was maybe like 30 people in the whole place, whereas before, there would be like up to 100 people in there at any given time. People just hanging, people clanging, 
people banging, people doing what they can do to find stuff that they can sell at the flea market or over on the uh, over on the online, or the World Wide Web, the world's greatest marketplace, the World Wide Web. But uh, now, dude, it's like it's so chill. There was like there's like high school girls and like college age girls like digging through the bins. That's what they call it now. It's not really called the dig anymore. Now it is called the bins. So we're at one of those points in your life where the name of something that you've used for many years is now changing. Like when they like when they changed the name of the junior high school over next to me to the middle school. It used to be Rinkin Valley Junior High. Now it's Rinkin Valley Middle School. Not a big difference, but still, you can tell who's old school and who's new by whether they say junior high or middle school. I think that in the future when you're there, some people are still going to say dig because there are still a few old timers hanging around. But by and large... Kids nowadays call it the bins, which makes sense. There are bins there, but it also makes sense to call it the dig because you dig through the bins. I I dig it, though. I dig the dig is what I'm saying, but I, I still like going there. I don't mind that it's not full of crazy people because I still, in my heart, I have that heart of a crazy dig person, so I'm, like, far and ahead a bunch of these guys. What's interesting, too, is... There are still, of course, like online flippers, dudes looking for like vintage t-shirts or like old uh, Levi's or whatever. But nowadays they kind of flip these things on Instagram more than they do on the on the eBay. Of course, people still use the eBay, but Instagram does seem like the the place to be. I see dudes there taking pictures of things they have in the store, seeing if they could flip them on eBay before before they even buy them. What people do is they like you get a cart, a shopping cart. And you keep all your things in your shopping cart. And people park their shopping carts along the wall. And I'll see dudes over at their carts taking pictures for the gram of things that they that they just found that they're hoping to sell. Which is which is cool. It's interesting to see how things are changing. But I don't know. I still have fun. I still have fun. It's interesting too to see the age of the diggers there is much lower than I've ever seen it before. After... After a while, the place did get filled with uh, digsters, which is another name for dig hipsters. Uh, that's that's an old school term we've been using on the show for a while. Digsters. The digster started off as an individual, but over time, the digster became a way of life for people. Tons of digsters, but nowadays these uh, digsters are even younger, like way younger. Like these kids look to me like they're in high school. It's crazy, but I get it. The generations have to. They gotta move on. I wonder. I wonder, though, and I might have said this before, and it's something I have thought about, and it is something that uh, that makes me sad. I wonder how many of these dig people passed away during the pandemic. I know of a few. I know of a few for certain, and then there are other people that you just kind of, you kind of never see again. It was a few-year period. These are people who saw all the time at the dig, all the time at the flea market, and then once it closed down, a lot of them you never saw again. I'm sure some of them moved away. They wouldn't maybe like live with family or whatever. I don't know, but I'm sure to some degree, some of them must have, uh, must have passed away. It was a very, very hard time. And from what I can tell, a lot, a lot of these people have real hard lives living from one bottle of Muscatel to the next. So I, I don't know. It's sad. It is sad. It's sad to see something kind of go away. And I'm not saying the dig is going away, but that insane dig culture does seem to be going away. Also, People are way, 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 way more into clothes now than they are wares. It's split down the middle. Clothes on one side, wares on the other side. Wares are anything that's not clothes, you know, various items, just anything that's not clothes. And when when they bring out new carts, everybody has to line up past a certain point, and then they'll let you go and look into the carts. And in the day, people would run like crazy for the carts. Everybody would run like crazy for the wares first because you would find like electronics, toys, any number of things over there. And now people instead run for the clothes. It's interesting to me that when the running took place, there's not even running anymore. It's like just walking, like brisk walking. When the brisk walking happened, me and one other guy walked over to the wares and he was looking for shoes for the longest time i was looking through these carts by myself it was so weird when when i went over there i found this you can't see this but it's a gi joe condor a helicopter a little mini copter the condor this was sitting right on the top all this missing is one of the missiles and the landing gear i gotta find the landing gear somewhere but i might just i might just hang it from the ceiling so it's not really not really ever going to need to land. But this was sitting right on the top of a bin. No one else wanted it except for me. Your dude. Icy robots. Weird world. Weird times we live in. Hold on. 
hold on. I'm getting uh, I'm getting word from Grandmaster Grandpa in the booth. There is a call from Pooptronics. Uh, it's Gareth with Legal. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and plug them in. We're contractually obligated. Hold on. Here we go. Hello, this is Gareth from Pooptronics Legal. Instead of our big announcement that is not being met with the interest we would like we are, instead going to present a new segment, Pooptronics Media Presents. What did Gino Vega have for lunch yesterday? I thought of this one myself. So Gino, what did you have for lunch yesterday? It's me, it's me, it's Gino V for Pooptronics. Man, they are a great bunch of so what did I have for lunch yesterday? Food cubes, of course, direct from my home food cube machine. It's as safe as ever. I had the soy flavored cubes and one flavored with a fresh Cooptronics brand, super hot, hot sauce flavored topping. They were both really good, like very good. Anyway, that's what I had for lunch and dinner as well. Thanks, Cooptronics, you know, be out. Cooptronics. All right, man. I'm not the kind of guy who runs around worrying about getting his toes stepped upon. I don't sweat it. There's no, there's no such thing as gimmick infringement out there in the, in the real world. But I, I do think that the what did Gino Vega have for lunch yesterday? I think that that bit is probably it's probably property of the of the Icy Rose Radio Enterprise. Probably property of the Stuck at Home Show. That's when that's when we were doing that. This whole thing. This whole thing is so fishy, and it's all so weird. It's all so strange. We we have a, a series of cameras around the studio, you know, just in case for whatever, you know, things things could potentially go down. This was something it was something Ed suggested. He's he's uh into uh home security and whatever. He set it up, but he he saw Ensign Melissa outside of the building in the middle of the night. He saw her, he saw her on one corner, and then he saw her again on another corner. Not too soon after that. He he kind of implied to me that he didn't think that she could move that distance in that time. But I I don't know. One thing I do know is that our guy Gino is no lover of food cubes. I know during the whole the whole food cube fiasco, our guy, he was food cube free. He talked about it. He didn't eat any of them. Not even one. I, I had many a conversation with him about how these things are like a danger to the world. And we have to do what we can do to try to, to, try to stop them from getting out there into people's hands. I know that that's I know that that's how he uh, how he feels. So this this idea that he's eating hot sauce flavored food cubes, hot sauce flavored. What did they call it? Hot sauce flavored hot sauce or something or hot sauce flavored hot topping. I I don't even recall. But the idea that he would be eating something like that is, is it just it doesn't it doesn't seem right. So I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna continue looking into this as. As the time goes on, but before we do that, let's uh, we're gonna hop into a final segment. This one is called Reading Rainbow. Butterfly in the sky. can be anything or at the very least you can learn about anything i am a big reader like i read a lot like i read all the darn heckin time honestly i read like every single day i think reading is fundamental i think that reading is important i think that uh people don't read enough actual books nowadays i know we all read our phones we all read our whatever but like there is something to be said for digging into a long hard paperback book so let's let's see what we got this week on the good old reading list hold on i'm i'm reaching away from i'm reaching away from the phone the first thing i'm actually working on i'm working on two books right now simultaneously the first one the first one is a book called scorsese it's by uh, great roger ebert who i who i've recently fallen in love with as a writer i've always been a big fan of his like tv reviews you know at the movies and all that i read a couple of his books and i'm i'm into it dude and i'm also 
I'm also a giant Martin Scorsese fan, and this is a hardcover collection of a lot of a lot of different essays and things that he's written about Scorsese over the year. Dude is dude is a giant Scorsese fan, much like anyone else who's into movies at all. Of course, he did Goodfellas. He did everything, dude. Casino, Wolf of Wall Street, just whatever, dude. The dude Scorsese. Everything he's done, it's been original, at least according to Ebert. I, I can't verify this in any sort of a knowledgeable way. I only have like a surface level knowledge of film. But he said everything he's done has been original. Every shot, every theme, just whatever. And I I can appreciate that. Maybe that's why maybe that's why the movies ring so true to so many different people. And then I got another book here. I picked this one up. This is this is a book by Dale Carnegie called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. Time tested methods. For conquering worry. Your guy, your guy, I see robots. I do suffer from anxiety and it's something I don't enjoy. It's something I'd like to stop. And I've heard from a few different people that this book is something you might want to look into if, if these are problems you have. And I have to say, even though I'm only like a few, a uh, few pages in here, only like 30, 40, 50, I do feel like there's a lot of, a lot of good common sense advice. There's a lot of, a lot of things out there that we know and we know them to be true, but they're hard to implement into our lives because there's just like, they're not written down in stone. You can't take a look at it, see it, and then follow these rules. They're kind of more like theories that you know. And this book really lays down some good rules to stop worrying. Basically, what I've learned so far is the most important thing to do to stop worry from your life, and this is something we all know, is you have to live in the now. You have to do the best you can do in the now, right now, and not think too heavily about the future, because you have to expect, if I'm doing the best that I can do now, in the future, when something arises that I don't want to deal with, I will also do my best at that time, and doing my best is all that I am capable of doing. So if I know that I'm going to do that, I know that's going to happen, I get an awareness of the future, and it helps to helps to ease the worries. There's also, there's also a bit like about keeping things in compartments, you know, don't worry about these things until they're going to happen. Don't worry about these things while other things are going on. And I realize this is all easier said than done, but one of the things the book stresses is like, read the book chill on it for a while, then a few months later, read the book again to kind of like get these ideas back in your head. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I do think, I do think that if this was something that you did do, these would have a positive effect in your life. Let's, let's move forward. We're running up on the, on the time right here. I got a, I got a couple comics. The first one is one, one that I've been reading for a little while now. It's called Ultimate Invasion. This is Ultimate Invasion number three. It was written by Hickman, drawn by Hitch. It's a Marvel book. And this in this one, the evil Fantastic Four from the Ultimate Universe. The Ultimate Universe was like this spin-off Marvel Universe they had back in the day. This is where Miles Morales came from. In the day, this was a big deal. I was way into the Ultimate Universe. Like, gotta admit, they they kind of streamlined things, made them a little easier to understand. A lot of things like X-Men that I wasn't heavily into, I got into through the uh, Ultimate Universe. But the universe was folded into the uh, normal standard 616 Marvel Universe during the, I think it was Secret Wars 2 or 3 or 4, something like that with like Doctor Doom and all this stuff. But it all got folded together and we lost all these, all these characters except for one guy, the ultimate Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic from that universe, who somehow escaped. Now he's in the 616 universe. He's a villain called the Maker. He has a plan to bring the Ultimate Universe back. I'm liking this quite a bit, I gotta say. It's really great. Nice to see these old these old Ultimate characters again. Nice to see what's going on. I'm enjoying that quite a bit. I recommend it. I think it's uh, $5.99 an issue. This might be available digital. I still, I still get my comics print. And then I'm reading another comic I'm enjoying. I've read it before. It's a book called Wanted by Mark Miller. I'm a big, big fan. Of Mark Miller, and I understand it that he has a he has an event going in in the Miller verse. He has like this offshoot universe that he publishes through Image Comics, with all kinds of characters like Wanted, uh, the Kingsman, Kick Ass, Hit Girl, tons of characters, Jupiter's Legacy, the Super Crooks, all these characters. And what he's gonna do is he's gonna find a way to like compact them into one big one big Miller verse. He's gonna say they've been in the Miller verse all along. I forget the name. The Big Game, I think, is the name of the comic. It's coming. I missed it. They are three issues in to The Big Game right now. I have read none of them. They're all on the way to my house. I will have read them probably by the next time we speak. But to look at Wanted, because I wanted to... 
just wanted to like get back into the Miller verse a bit. I'm a big fan, love Mark Miller, love all of his books. The problem is it's kind of hard, kind of hard to keep up. Ever since the days of Wizard Magazine folding and stuff, I, I've had a hard time keeping up with what's coming out. I want to be ahead of the curve, I want to know what's coming out, and then I want to plan ahead and get that. I have not been able to do that, never picked it up since Wizard Magazine folded, but we are up on the time right now, my guys. So, with all that said, with all the fun we've had, I want to give a big shout out to everybody out there at Radio Land. I want to give a big shout out to everybody out there on the World Wide Web. Don't worry, we're going to get to the bottom of this thing going on with Pooptronics, this thing going on in some Melissa. We got Ensign Melissa stalking outside the building. We got Gino Vegas up with Pooptronics. It's all madness, but we will eventually get to the bottom of it. But until we do, if you don't like what's going on in the news, go out there and make some of your own. All right, um, Ann, bring an organ. And you know I got to have that. Some people listen because they want a mystery Some people listen, then say we're whack But if they miss the show, they get the heart attack Now look at you, you're sitting there, biting your lip The whole world sees you as a hypocrite Live out the first law and make yourself preservation If the show doesn't help you, change the station If you don't want peace in the world Love, peace, and happiness in an endless world If all you want to do is keep the whole world back You're the one that's whack And we're world's, world's, world's famous Y'all slick blow. That's right. The I see Robots Radio is a listener-supported endeavor. If you like what we do here and you look forward to new programming, consider helping us to bring fun stuff every week by heading over to supportthereport.com and tossing a few pounds into the hat. It's important to support things that you enjoy. Thanks and have a great week. Supportthereport.com Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. I don't think so. <laughs> Incredible strength. <laughs> This has been an IC Robots Radio production. Yeah.